0: The glory of the Lord is surely in this place, amen? amen. I tell you what, it's beautiful to worship with you this morning and it really is my joy and privilege to be with you. Thank you Mark and Kathy for such a gracious invitation and it is a joy to be here with my Elim family. So I'm from Bristol, I minister in a church there in the heart of Bristol. Some of you Londoners may never have heard of Bristol because I, I believe you have a bit of a reputation that you don't get out of London much. I don't know how true that is. I know that the church is made up of all Kinds of nationalities, but my senior leader, he's from Ilford in London. Uh, and he, you know, uh, from, from what I can gather, like if you're London born and bred, that's it, London is it, London is like the world. But anyway, it's really good to be with you. I remember being here in 2013, quite a long time ago now. I won't tell you how old I am, but 2013 I was last here, and I was here um, as a manager of a rehabilitation home with a ministry at the that time and uh, I introduced some ladies that shared their stories and that was wonderful and a very dynamic African lady came up to me after the service. Now, I don't know if you're here today, but it would be pretty epic if you were here today and uh, she came up to me and she said, the Lord is going to use you to preach the gospel and don't be afraid to use your story. Well, I want to say to you, my darling, thank you so much for coming and sharing that word with me and speaking that word over my life because I tell you that word has sustained and encouraged me through the doubts, the fears and that journey and now I stand in that prophecy today. So thank you so much. You know, as a body of Christ we always want to be encouraging each other and speaking those words over one another and releasing what God is saying, isn't it? So. But the reality is, prior to that, 16 years ago, I was street homeless. I was a heroin and crack cocaine addict of 18 years. I was a liar, a thief, a manipulator, a cheat. I worked at street corners, and my life was a complete mess, broken, broken beyond repair. The world had written me off. I had written me off, but praise God that when everybody else has written you off, he's writing you in. And I I thank God that he planned to write me in. And I tell you what, 18 years of addiction, 32 failed attempts to get clean. I had lost all hope. You know, when you lose hope, your heart becomes sick but it was arriving at that place of complete hopelessness, of complete brokenness that broke the back of my independence and led me to come to know Jesus who set this captive free. And praise God, praise God that Jesus sets captives free and that's what I want to talk about a bit this morning but as Pastor Mark has already highlighted and if I could highlight it again I hope I don't make you dizzy walking up and down too much I do tend to walk up and down a lot but um, so this book is called Abused Addicted Free uh, prompted by God to, to write this in lockdown and uh, really is to bring the hope of the gospel to those that are broken, that feel hopeless, that are in a mess. And it's a story that reminds us, no matter how desperate, no matter how broken, no matter how hopeless the situation, nobody is beyond the long arms of Jesus. There is no place that the long arms of Jesus can't go. And you might feel like that this morning, or you might know somebody that is in that place this morning. What I want to say, this book will encourage you, it will encourage them, and I can say since October, 1,350 books have gone into prisons, with 80,000 prisoners, in the UK, my heart is to see as many get a copy of that book. And because, you know, since um, that book has gone in, I've had many testimonies of people saying, like, they've felt hope. They've felt hope or asking about how they can know Jesus for themselves. So already I'm beginning to see fruit from that. And 450 have gone out to rehabilitation centers and other outreach projects. So it is my hope today, taking a breath. It is my hope today that you will get a copy and that you will bless somebody with a copy. And if you don't have somebody to bless, you can sew it. You can sow it back into the ministry and I'll make sure that it gets into the hands of a prisoner or somebody that will benefit from it. An alternative, if you would like to give a donation or you would like to uh, give a little bit more, you can visit my website or catch me after the service and um, that, that would be awesome too. But uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Again, like I said, it's a real joy to come and share with you. And later on, as Pastor Mark said, I'll be sharing my story. Um, so if you know people, you know, you, uh, Pastor Mark was saying, you know, we, we reap what we sow. You wanna see a harvest? You wanna see a harvest in somebody's life? You wanna see a harvest in your life? Well, this is a season to get sowing, isn't it? You, you know, you reap what you sow. And so today I'm gonna to talk about freedom, and the freedom that is offered to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I know I have many believers in the room, but I wanna go over that again. And uh, I wanna talk about how we can maintain and walk in greater levels of freedom and also see other people set free as well as ourselves. Is that okay? Brilliant. Okay, so I'm going to be speaking a message on freedom keys this morning. Hmm. So it is for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And you know, throughout history, there have been many great freedom fighters. We think of Martin Luther King, William Wilberforce, many great freedom fighters who have won for us freedom from oppressive regimes. But today, I wanna remind us that Jesus is our ultimate freedom fighter. He bought our freedom. He won our freedom from the wages of sin through his death on the cross and his resurrection. Jesus, who died and now lives, he holds the keys of death and the grave. And Luke 4.18 states that Jesus came to release the captives and to set the oppressed free. Now I know, like many in this room, can testify that Jesus has set us free. 16 years ago, as I've already said, I was bound and I needed to be set free. I was serving time in a majesty's prison for breaking the law of the land. I understood if I did the crime, I did the time. And the Bible warns us that when we walk contrary, when we walk opposite to God's laws and God's ways, that there are consequences. And Jesus, in his word, he warns us. He said that anyone who practices sin opens a door to become a prisoner to sin. Sin is an open door to captivity. But through his victory won on the cross and the blood he shed for the forgiveness of our sins, Jesus redeemed us back to God, defeating and destroying, annihilating the works of the enemy who oppresses, who torments, and who takes people captive. And there may be some people here today, and that's how you feel right now. You're a prisoner to certain desires, certain behaviours. Maybe nobody else knows about it. It's been an ongoing struggle over the years. You've wrestled, and you've struggled, and you've come to Jesus, but you're still caught in that prison. I tell you what, if you want to be set free today, today is your release date. I want to say to you today, the key to freedom comes in the shape of the cross. The key to freedom comes in the shape of the cross. And when Jesus sets you free from the wages of your sin, you are free. And in whom the Son sets free is free. Amen. So when people are stuck or when we're stuck in our sinful nature, you know, and it's all kinds of things that, that, that people wrestle with, even as believers. Maybe pornography, prescription drugs. Could even be pride, actually. Pride's a big one. Excessive drinking, gossip, unforgiveness. What you find, especially in the church, is often fear and shame. Fear of judgment and shame that will stop people coming into the light or coming in to the presence of Jesus to find and experience that freedom. And what happens is then they end up wandering around Like the Israelites, round and round and round, unable to cross over into the promised land and all the freedom that Jesus has already died and won for them on the cross. There are other people, even as Christians, that are hijacked. They've been hijacked by the enemy through deception, open doors. When I talk about open doors, I'm talking about doors that have opened up for the enemy to torment you through sin, whether that's sex outside of marriage, whether that's adultery, uh, whether that's bitterness, unforgiveness, all which will hinder us and rob us from receiving the joy and freedom that is available to us in Jesus Christ. Instead, what happens is there's a battle then, isn't there, of guilt and shame and you know condemnation, and you go round and round and you're worn down and you begin to lose faith. Um, in the one that died to give you freedom. And have you noticed that some people are comfortable in their captivity? Yeah. They have a do not disturb sign up. Yeah. But I wanna tell you today, that, you know that even though they have that disturb sign up and they wanna keep going, today Jesus wants to disturb you. If that's you, Jesus wants to disturb you to set you free. Yeah. I know loads of you in the room, Jesus has set free. But you're still reacting in unhealthy ways that are more in line with your old sinful nature because you've been taken captive through offence, hurtful words that have been spoken over your life, betrayal, disappointments. And it may seem like a small thing and you just keep brushing it over, but the reality is it's like a poison in your life that spreads and it stops you from being able to move forward. It like holds you back, keeps you stuck in a place you cannot mature in the things of God and fully uh, grow and move into the freedom of your promised land. And so with your permission, I want to invite the Holy Spirit this morning to seek our hearts. I want you to check in right now. You, we have all got new levels of freedom that Jesus wants us to move into. You know, God wants to take us from one degree of glory to the other. And as we open our hearts to him and as we check in with him, Holy Spirit will search our hearts. <clears throat> and if there's something that he wants to do in you today, or he's something he wants to speak to you about, to invite you into greater uh, places, more spacious places of freedom, then let us just pray and ask Holy Spirit now to search our hearts that we then may respond and move with him into the freedom that he desires to give us today. Is that okay? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you come, will you search our hearts? Will you speak to your people, Lord? Will you speak to their hearts? Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you died for our freedom, Lord, and that you long to bring us into even greater places and more spacious places, Lord, where we can live truly free to love you and serve you. So Lord, as we take a look at some of the freedom keys, you have permission You have permission in this place, Lord, to speak to our hearts, to search our hearts. We look to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so a few keys, four keys. I'll go through them as quickly as I can. But key number one, key number one, Jesus, the master key. Jesus, we have to start here. Jesus is a master key. When I was in a majesty's prison, there was one key. There was one key, the master key, and that key opened every door in the prison, and it had the power to lock every door in the prison. If you had that access to that master key, there was no door that could not be opened and no door that could not be shut. And when Jesus opens the door, you need to be prepared to walk out of that prison, out of your captivity and into the the new position and the new place that God is inviting you into. And when I said yes to Jesus, I surrendered my whole life and heart to his Lordship. I experienced his person, I experienced his presence, his love, I experienced the power of Jesus that released and set me free. And he released me into an ongoing revelation, ongoing revelation, ongoing realization of the reality Of this freedom and after trying every pill going, let me tell you it was the gospel, it was the gospel that set this captives free and salvation in Jesus which was the key, it was salvation in Jesus which was the key that opened the doorway. He is the master key. Luke the gospel writer tells us that Jesus is both the key of the present and the future kingdom of heaven. So not only has Jesus unlocked the door, he is the door by which we continually enter daily. We continually enter into his kingdom. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will find pasture. For the enemy comes only but to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said I have come that you might have life and life in all of its fullness. And note that Jesus said that you might have life. You might have life. So I I believe that there is a requirement on our part. Jesus has done it all already, but it's for us. It's for us to keep coming and entering in that we might obtain that fullness of life he died to give us. And so that's the invitation, the ongoing walk, the daily walk with Jesus in every area of your life, submitting your heart, your will, your mind, your body to him, to his words, (coughs) to his light, to his truth, and uh, living in that truth so that he can uh, shine a light in those areas of darkness and liberate you to fully serve him, to fully love him, and to fully be the person he created you to be. I want to ask you this morning, first, very important, and I always ask this, have you received your freedom in Christ? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, firstly? And secondly, have you received your freedom in Christ? So one of the keys to finding this freedom and maintaining it is faith and repentance, faith and repentance. And the Bible calls, the Bible says about repentance is that it looks like something. Repentance looks like something, it's a turning away from something that's not right to God. And so, like I said, it requires a change of heart, it requires a change of mind, and it requires a change of direction. And for some of you in here today, perhaps you need to change direction this morning when Jesus healed and set people free of their afflictions, there were many instances where Jesus would say to the person, uh, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You know, and now I know we're not sinless, but you know, in Christ we certainly do sin less and we have an advocate for when we do sin. But saints, I wanna say this to you, if Jesus has set you free, steward, steward that truth, Steward that freedom in your life, for it was for freedom that Christ died for you. So do not go back and be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, I'm not just talking about behavioural sins. I'm talking about mindsets as well. I'm talking about the whole person. You know, when Jesus restored the woman, I don't know if you know the story, of the woman caught in adultery, and um, Jesus said to this woman, he said, who condemns you now? And she said, no one, Jesus. And he said, no, neither do I. Go and sin no more. I want to say, you know, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And when we do mess up, we have an advocate with the Father. But do not go back. Do not turn back and give room to the devil for further accusation and condemnation in your life. For the enemy's not bothered about you taking hold of new ground. He comes and he seeks to steal the ground that you've already won in your life. Faith and repentance are key to maintaining and walking in this incredible freedom. And that requires our ongoing obedience to Jesus in every area of our life. So firstly, it's about committing to your relationship with Jesus because he is the master key to walking in freedom. And, uh, you know, this key, this master key holds within it all of Jesus' authority to take back any ground that was stolen by the enemy and to prevent him from stealing any more. Jesus is not only the master key, but Jesus, to his believers, he gives the keys of the kingdom. Jesus gives keys his legislative keys and they carry his authority to bind, to loose, to proclaim, to decree the kingdom, his word, his truth, to see strongholds broken and freedom released. You carry, you have those keys and so we're going to look at a few of those keys right now that Jesus is entrusted to you as believers. You know, in him, his word, his ways are the keys that unlock doors to release captives and set them free. So that's key number one. Jesus is the master key. Key number two is the key of renunciation. Now this key, uh, renunciation, is about letting go. It's about moving away from some old things. It's about cutting some things off. Okay. So to renounce really involves your confession to before God first and foremost. To ask for forgiveness, which have opened doors, and like I said earlier, those open doors can come through all kinds of things, like sexual sin, the worship of idols. It can come through generational, um, you know, ge- generational curses and, and sins. It can come through wounds. Uh, it can come through. Um, agreeing with the enemy in areas of your life, agreeing with lies of the enemy that are contrary to God's words. But like I said, if we confess and we reject any former agreements in any of those areas and with the lies of the enemy, you know the Bible does say that Satan is the father of lies and the truth is his lies have deceived many and taken many people captive. It, It is and he still torments them. So, we want to deal with those today. Any open doors in your lives, you know, where things are still troubling you, let me help you understand this a little bit more. There was an open door in my life, okay, with well, lots of open doors, but I'll pick on a common theme, and one of them was to fear. Fear, through an open door, um, fear had come into my heart and my life. And like I said, this is a really common one, and uh, this one was brought about through the wound of abuse and rejection for me. And it manifested in anxiety, control, Addiction and isolation, as well as the fear of rejection. And this would later on in my life manifest in perfectionism and performance. Because I thought I had this fear of rejection. Actually, if I behave perfectly, then you can't knock me, you can't touch me, you can't reject me. So you see how that open door, you know, through that open door, the enemy continued to bother me in my life, even after coming to Jesus. So you can now have come to Jesus but have not dealt with some old stuff that is still working out in your life in these different ways. And um, so whilst the open doors to the enemy can come through habitual sin. They, it, you know, they, the enemy can get in through wounds, through events, traumatic events that have maybe created fear in your life and, and potentially occult practices as well. But the Bible says that the enemy can't torment us. He can't torment us without a cause in Proverbs 26 too. So, this is why we need to deal with those areas. We may need to repent, renounce, reject, forgive, and close any doors that have been opened to the enemy and allow our minds to be renewed. For we must now allow God to occupy these places and let Him rule and reign in these places. You know, Jesus is committed to liberating you fully. You know some of you are sat in church and you look great on the inside but inside you are not free. You are not living free. I know there are a lot of people with a lot of insecurities in this room that I believe that God wants to deal with today and release you so that you can be the person that he's created to be. So this key this key of renunciation, it helps deal with issues where we seem unable to get free or move forward. you know where you're going round and round in the same cycle, the same old battle in your mind, the same old battle in your life and uh, you know, I know for me another area that I had to really renounce and deal with um, was um, really an open door, was an op- uh, another open door to the enemy. Like I said, when I was young, I used that example of when I was young and I was abused and. Um, you know, I, I, through that moment, through that 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 traumatic event, the enemy got in with his lies. He really did, and I made a vow through my years, you know, coming into my teenage years, that um, I would. I hated that little girl. You know, I kind of, you know, I, I spoke a lot of negative negative words over her, and I hated her. I blamed her. It was her fault, and so I wanted to lock her away, and I did lock her away, and uh, you know. I really did and you know it was quite a number of years later that I realised not only was I still struggling to find my voice and I was still feeling powerless in certain situations but I was still fearful of rejection and I noticed that I couldn't stop people crossing my boundaries because obviously my boundary had been crossed as a young child and it seemed like people just kept crossing my boundaries. And I remember, even as a Christian, years later, somebody coming up to me and they prayed for me and they said, I can see a little girl in a a cage. The door's open, but she's there. And I really wanted to come out, but I didn't know how to get out. It was like I couldn't still get out. I was like stuck, even though the door was open. And that's how it is sometimes in Christ. Christ has set us free, but we're stuck. We're stuck in a place. And I believe these keys today are going to help you to move from a place of stuckness to a place of freedom. So some years later, even after that picture, it was a few years later again, Holy Spirit took me back to that event, took me back to that event. And, you know, it's going to be different for everybody in the room. Uh, The main thing is that we partner with the Holy Spirit. This was my time. Holy Spirit took me back to this event. And in that moment, I was in the room, and I I knew God was with me. Like, he never purposed for that to happen. He didn't mean for that to happen. And he was with me. And in that moment, I took back my voice and I put a boundary in place. And from that day on, I broke that pact. With, you know, that, that, you know, I repented for that vow of hating that little girl. And that day, when I asked for God's forgiveness and I closed the door on that situation, I've just been free for God to redeem that little girl fully. Not that he didn't die for that, but I was stopping him. I was stopping him going into that place by the vow and the pact that i made. And there are people in here, you've made vows and pacts and agreements and agreed with lies and God wants to set you free from today. And so Holy Spirit, I pray you would remind those um, people of those things, Lord, that they have spoken and they've said over their life that you want to liberate them from today. You know, that day I found a new level of freedom. And I love the word liberty in Isaiah 61 when it, when it talks about um, you know, Jesus setting the captives free, it actually has, it, this, this word has its origin in the word "dar," which means the flight of a bird. And Jesus, no matter what we face, guys, no matter what we're going through, no matter what the challenges are presented to us, he wants us to soar. He wants us to soar on wings with eagles above the circumstance. It doesn't mean that we don't go through stuff, but he wants us to soar and he wants us to be free in spite of the circumstances. And our role is to obey and to partner with him, continuing in our journey of freedom. Amen. Okay, quickly moving on, I want to look at the key of truth. Big key, big key. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I love this scripture in Proverbs 4.13, and where we're exhorted to take a hold of the Lord's instructions and not let them go, to guard them because they are the key of life. And this key is central. This key is central to your ongoing revelation of truth. I have seen myself have those moments of encounter with Jesus, when we're praising and worship and Jesus has calmly set me free. But I tell you the truth, the most time I've been set free is when I've come under the sound of God's word and I've heard the truth and it's unlocked something in my thinking. It's locked something in my heart. You know, Jesus says, I am the truth. So this is a challenge today, isn't it? Because there's lots of truths. Everybody's truth is relevant. Everybody's truth is subject to one's own experience. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today we want to stay fixed on the truth of Jesus and the freedom we find in that. You know, one dictionary definition says about freedom, freedom is doing what you want with who you want, when you want, how you want. How many of you grew up thinking that was freedom? That was certainly me. And uh, I don't know, probably some of you have lived that way. And maybe like me, you found what you thought was freedom. Freedom. The, you know, what you thought was freedom, the choices you made from that place it actually took you to a place of captivity. That was me. I thought, yeah, I'm free to use, I'm free to party, I'm free to do this and that. And they ended up becoming my prison keepers. And that's the reality outside of Christ. We seek pleasure and freedom and we become captive to our desires. Is that not true? Anybody else found that? Or is it just me in the room? (laughs) Okay, you are really quiet. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. But, um, But when we come to Christ, the invitation is to deny ourselves and to follow him, to seek to walk in obedience to him, in his truth, and we will find freedom. You know, sometimes you think in a place of confinement that, oh my gosh, I'm not free. But sometimes it's in the, in the confinement that God is teaching you some stuff and, and moulding some stuff in you um, that will set you free. You know, it's just our interpretation of what, uh, it's our interpretation of freedom, isn't it? And when we realise and we understand that God is good and he wants to lead us to freedom, then it becomes easy easier to obey and to follow his word. And when Jesus unlocks the door to the kingdom of God, we are free, Free. but the ongoing revelation and abiding in truth is essential. It's essential for us to step into all that Jesus has for us. Jesus said, didn't he, those of you who are my disciples, if you remain faithful to my teachings, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And know when we're talking about that truth, this truth is a matter of fact, it's a, it's a definitive truth. Not only that, but it's an intimate knowing. It's a knowing his presence and power. This is not merely knowing the word. It's not merely about that. or or what scriptures you know. It's about a knowing that comes through agreeing with his word in faith and walking in it. And then we see the power and the presence of Jesus released fully in our lives. Then you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, bless you. It's what you do with the truth. We deceive ourselves when we say amen, and we don't do it, yeah? Don't we? We deceive ourselves. James says, "Let us be, and if we're not, let us endeavour. Let us not come under condemnation, but let us come to the great. Let us come to the throne of grace, and let us align ourselves even today. You know, we are called to stand out, aren't we? And we are called not to be conformed to the patterns." of this world but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and for some people that's it today you need freedom in your mind you're struggling in your mind with lies and things that have happened but I tell you as you continually come to him and as you endeavor to set yourself and determined to do that and you seek him he will wash out those old habitual thought patterns. He will wash out those deceptions. He will wash out those compulsive thoughts and negativity. You know, as you are renewed by the renewing of your mind, as your mind is renewed, the bondage is broken, the curse is lifted, and the mind is made free. Amen? Our thoughts, when we're in the word, when we're getting, allowing the word to wash over us and we're getting into that truth, then what, what it, our thoughts are being taken captive and being brought under the obedience of Christ. And the apostle calls this a mindset on the spirit. Now you'll be glad to know we're on to the last key. Are you all still with me? Amazing. You're a great, you're a great, it's like well behaved. (laughs) So let's look at the key of forgiveness. This is a big one. And this is at the heart of the gospel, isn't it? Forgiveness is the vital life-giving activity of the heart and the attitude needed to pave the way for freedom is central to freedom forgive others some of you today you need to forgive yourself and perhaps even some of you in the room you need to forgive god not that he needs your forgiveness but actually you just need to do that and let him off your hook and forgiveness is the key that releases us from a powerful spiritual bond that locks us into a negative worldview of the world and the way that we relate to others and perceive others, and it keeps us from God. And as long as unforgiveness is present, God's hand of protection and mercy and restoration is hindered, and at worst stopped. So first we must acknowledge our need for God's forgiveness, continual forgiveness. Like I said earlier, we may have been forgiven, but we're not completely sinless. And if we claim that we have no sin, in our lives, we're only fooling ourselves, but as we mind the gap in our lives, and we continually um, keep short accounts with God, and we confess those sins when we know, and um, the blood of Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Now I know, and we all have to mind that gap, don't we? Because it's not a one-time forgiveness that uh, when Jesus died on the cross, yeah, it was for our forgiveness, but it's so that we could continually come when we know that we make those mistakes. You know, the day I was released from HMP prison, I still had to pay the penalty for my wrongs, for the crimes I committed. But the bench that day was really masterful to me, and um, they gave me a choice to go into a rehab. So I went from being behind bars but into a place of confinement still. But I had to say yes. To this invitation it wasn't going to be easy but i had to say yes and uh, to the offer of this and sometimes we need to say yes to the offer of forgiveness and a new way of life and it doesn't mean it's all going to be plain sailing or a bed of roses but god today wants to offer us forgiveness if you've never received god's forgiveness in your life and you need to get right with god well today that invitation is for you Um, Or if you need to realign with God today, you know, or bring some places in your life under submission to God. Because you might be saved and loving Jesus, but there's some areas that need to come. And you need to submit to him in order that you can walk in the freedom he died to give you. But the good news is Jesus wants to release you today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's what the Bible says, and Jesus is surely here in this place. And surely Jesus is committed to you. And God wants to release you. And I want to say, if you need to be released, your release date is here. He has served your sentence for you. He who knew no sin became sin. So you could go free. And if you look to him today, he will release you. If you want to be free, that's the key. Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Because if you do, he will release you from that prison or that place of captivity that has held you back or constrained you or restrained you. And he will entrust to you, and um, you know, the keys of the kingdom if, if you've never come to him. But if you know him, God wants you to pick up the keys of the kingdom.